Welcome back to another edition of the Getting Real with Zeke Thomas podcast. It's good to be back. I hope you all had a great break. I hope you got some rest. You saw The Force Awakens. And you got to spend some time with the people you love. Or avoid them at all costs if that's how you roll. There's no judging here. It's a safe space. Safe space. Me, I attempted to become a person and spend some more time with my wife and my cats and do not work. I was only marginally successful at this. Um, More importantly, though, I finished up watching Narcos, watched National Treasure 38 and a half times, Pirates of the Caribbean, and uh, at everyone else's insistence, I started making a murderer. There you go. Obviously, it was a very productive time for me, a great break. I cannot complain. That's it for me. So let's move on to the episode. So this episode features an interview with realist life coach Kev Hapman. He's the author of the self-published book, Making Yourself Bulletproof, Kev Larvest for Life. You see what he did with his name? I love everything about that. We briefly discussed his past trauma that drew him to being a life coach starting at age 12. Uh, We talked about some of his celebrity clients like A-Rod, the art of losing, and the importance of alcohol therapy. There you go. So be sure to stick around for that. We'll be getting to that in just a second. But let's take care of some business. Thank you to everyone who's been sharing the podcast with your friends and your enemies. Please be sure to hit subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud if you're into that sort of thing. Subscriptions matter, so please do me a solid and hit subscribe. And be sure to get all your uh, episodes delivered directly to your smartphone. Speaking of which, please be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter at GettingRealZeke, where you will get all the latest Getting Real with Zeke Thomas news, including new episodes, BTS pictures, and a sneak peek at who is coming up next on the podcast. Also, don't forget to friend, like, follow, and subscribe to all my personal social network things. Twitter, Zeke is awesome. Instagram, Zeke Thomas is rad. Facebook, Zeke Thomas. Wait, no. Facebook, Zeke is awesome. Periscope, Zeke Thomas. And occasionally on Snapchat, Zeke Thomas is rad for all my boringness. If you need a YouTube fix, hit subscribe at uh, Murderbot Productions and Break.com. I'm currently a uh, creative producer over there at Break. And I'd love for you to check out some of our more recent pranks, including Hot Girl Naked Office Prank, which is up around 2.2 million. Those people can't be wrong. Title and thumbnail alone, people. Please check it out. And we got a new one dropping tomorrow, if you're getting this on Wednesday. uh, Perv in the Girls Locker Room Prank. There you go. Again, title and thumbnail. Go check everybody out. Uh, If if you need even more, you can always check out my newly refreshed ZekeThomas.com for everything else. Got a question for the show? Write a message while you're there at info at ZekeThomas.com. Other things you can do on this website. Be sure to sign up for my free new media newsletter with plenty of free tips on producing, storytelling, and growth hacking. Uh, My newest article on top six predictions for new media in 2016 just went up on Medium, so be sure to check that out as well. Always part of the uh, newsletter. On to today's guest. Today's guest comes to us through my dear friend, Robert Mitchell. Robert and I met close to five years ago. It could be more. If you, <laughs> I, I forget since we recorded the end of the podcast. Uh, at the soon-to-be-relocated LA Connection where we both performed improv and this and that and all sorts of wackiness. Uh, anyways, he's got a wicked sense of humor and I was a big fan of his big, big choices for this podcast. So be sure to check out his social and show him some love there. Be sure to drink some whiskey and suppress those feelings because we're about to get real with realist life coach, Kev Hatman. Welcome to another edition of the Getting Real with Zeke Thomas podcast, the podcast that focuses on people whose names you might know, but whose backstories you might not know yet. Usually we focus on people who are either involved in sports or entertainment and politics And today we have someone that falls a little in between all of them. Today we have Realist Life Coach. That's right, Realist Life Coach. I know I slur my words a lot. Uh, Kevin Hatman. Kevin, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for coming out and doing it. Hey, thanks for having me, Zeke. Absolutely, absolutely. So if you would, for the listener at home, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about your life coaching and and what you do? I would love to. This is, first of all, let me say, I've always wanted to do a TED Talk, so I'm, I love that you're having me on here to do this TED Talk. It's amazing. Uh, sure. It's, it's, uh, it's not quite a, a TED Talk, but it's, it's similar in that you can still have the potential reach and audience 
of of a TED Talk in the intimacy of a two-person podcast. That's wonderful. That's all I really need because I really feel strongly about this. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have bad days. I don't anymore. And I want to help everyone have a perfectly wonderful, normal day every day. So what I do is I go ahead and talk to you. Mm -hmm. And I say, Zeke, you are whatever you believe. So if you have bad things, bury them. Okay. Don't show them. Hide it. Okay. And move on. Okay. Okay. All right. So you have a very specific technique, right? So, so it's like if you have emotions, bury them. Bury them. Got it. Basically, it works like this. Okay. You could say mm-hmm. when I was a child, my dad ran over my dog. You could say that my girlfriend broke up with me. You could say that I got a college degree and I have a ton of student debt and I can't afford to eat anything but ramen noodles every night. Right. But I don't think that exists. I don't believe in any of that. It's buried. Got it. So now every day I can do whatever I want. You, Without that, you have the freedom to believe anything you want, that you can still accomplish whatever you want. Exactly. Don't try too hard, though. Okay. Some people do that. You know, and a lot of other life coaches out there really tell you to, like, shoot for the stars and you land in the clouds. You know, sure. that's something that you hear all the time. Yeah. That's kind of ridiculous, right? Because clouds can't catch you. Right. You fall through the clouds mm-hmm. and you'll hit hard on the ground. Right. So what you want to do is set just a goal that's just a little bit farther than where you are right now. Okay. Attainable goals, baby steps, if you will. Exactly. Got it. Got very it. attainable, very easy to follow and very easy to see. You can take a step like you should step onto the curb on the sidewalk instead of being in the street. Keeps you from getting hit by a car. But also you can probably make that step and not trip and fall down. Right. Okay. Great. So, um, I just for the listener at home, we have a little like a little bit of an idea about your technique. But uh, can you tell them a little bit more about some of your published work? Of course, I have a, I have an autobiography that's getting ready to come out. I'm very excited! It's going to be published on Twitter. Uh, I have it with a couple of editors right now. They're just looking it over, making sure it makes sense, uh, making sure we're getting the most out of that. You know, 140 characters. Sure, of course. Uh, and and when that comes out, I think it's really going to move people, and they're going to learn a lot about me and where I am. Sure. If I say too much more, it'll spoil it. So I'm just going to kind of keep moving on. I have a book, self-published, that is just, I read it almost every day. Not the whole thing, about half, and then I read it half the next morning. You read your own book? All the time. Great. Listen, if I didn't believe in what I was doing, then I shouldn't be telling other people what to do. You know, I could read other books. Sure, I know how to read. Right. But I don't need to because – Other people don't know my life. You know, they didn't know what I had for breakfast. They didn't know what sports team I was cheering for yesterday. Right. Only I know that. Now, listen, I also know that you don't know me. So why should you trust me and read my book? Right. But I've been practicing this since I was 12 years old. You've been life coaching yourself since you were 12 years old. Since I was 12 years old. Listen, you could say that my 11th birthday was pretty rough and I – not many people showed up to my party. You could say that. I don't really remember because if I lived in that past, then I wouldn't be 30 years old. I'd be 11 years old, right? That's, right. That's crazy. I, I, I don't want to do that. But I think when you look at yourself in the mirror and you can look at yourself one-on-one and say, who are you today? Oh, I'm Kev Hatman. Mm-hmm. I'm a life coach. I feel good about what's going on here. That's where you need to start. Then, eventually, you can start writing those thoughts down. And I have thoughts all the time. You know, I'm walking down the street. It's like, boom, thought. Like, that bird almost pooped on me, but missed. Like, that's good. That's great. Now, some people say it's lucky if a bird poops on you. Right. Your your take? It's not, because then you have bird poop on you. I love it. Your realism and approach to life is what really intrigued me. I, uh, for the listener at home, those of you who are listening to your earbuds while you're working out in that Marriott in uh, Plano, Texas, let me tell you, uh, I met, I, uh, well, I shouldn't say met, I came across Kev while I was auditioning. You know, I rarely audition anymore, but when I do, I was at 200 South La Brea mm-hmm. Casting Studios, mm-hmm. and in the lobby, I saw a postcard, 
And it wasn't just a postcard for anything. Most of them, these guys, for those of you who are outside the the entertainment bubble, um, whenever you go to these casting studios, they have services that actors need. Headshots, uh, acting classes, commercial classes. If you If there is a section of the business where there is money to be made – they are advertising, to pray, you know, essentially to get actors who need those services. And Kevin was no different because um, most of your clients sort of come from, from that area, correct? Oh, of from course. The, from the entertainment business. Uh, so, so what I did is uh, I saw his incredibly uh, great postcard. It was covered in red, really, really catchy col- colors. It was red and black and white and just screamed out to me. It was like, you, you need my services. And he was right. So that's that's so how we got hooked up. I'm glad you brought up the card, though, because that red and black and white, it means a lot. Mm-hmm. And, and you don't necessarily think about it when you first see it. You know, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, red, black and white. Those are just bright colors and contrasting colors. But black and white is life, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of people have said that. That goes way back, yin and yang. And you need both of those things that balance. And a lot of people think that, you know, that there's a gray area in between. Mm-hmm. But I don't think so. That's why that red is right in the middle. Red means stop. We all know that. Right. So you're like, should this be black or should it be white? Should it be something I'm excited about or really sad about? And I say, no, stop. Live in the middle. And that's that's why that's there. I mean, a lot of thought went into this. Yeah, no, I can tell. Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, in, in addition to your wonderful advertisement, I want to know um, a little bit more about, about some of the clients that you – who's the perfect client for you these the, days? The perfect client for me – there's – there's a child actor, mm-hmm. all right? His name's Tommy. He's six and a half years old. I met him when he was doing a commercial. He was shooting a gas station commercial. He was in the back seat of the car. And he kept going, this isn't fun. I want to be eating right now. I want to be playing with my friends. And I said, no, you don't. Mm-hmm. You want to be sitting in the back seat of this car. And he was like, why are you on set? I didn't hire you. So I had to explain to him, you know, hey, your parents hired me because you were running around and and they don't have time to be here for you. Right. Which was a reality shock for him. He was like, whoa, there are worse things in my life than being in the back of this car. My parents might not love me. Right. Only I could give that to him. His parents can't tell him that. He wouldn't listen. No. But I can come in and say, you have an opportunity to be on your own in the backseat of this car, not out there lost, you know, looking for your parents' love and affection. Mm -hmm. So that's probably my best client right now. He's been pretty drawn to me since then. And we meet a lot and and his parents can afford to pay my rates. Which is which is great. So, I mean, um, is is life coaching a a lucrative field? It's hit or miss. You know, I think that also helps me relate to actors and writers. They need a lot of help too. directors. Sure. Because it's all, you know, everything comes in waves. Mm-hmm. So for me, I can I can kind of take a few things here and there. And then when I don't have a lot of work coming in, that's when I can write my books, which is why I only have the one book published right now, because things have been going pretty well. Right. Uh, and, and the name of the uh, the book that's out there. Making Yourself Bulletproof. Kevlar Vest for Life. Excellent. And uh, incredible title. Again, we always talk about title and thumbnail in the, in the U- YouTube new media space. Mm-hmm. The title alone of that book is so catchy that I'm like, well, shit, I want a, I want a Kevlar vest. Yeah, you need it. You know, you really have to protect yourself. You know, there, the, world, the world can be a rough place to live. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, not every restaurant is open 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're hungry and only fast food joints are open. Sometimes you don't want fast food. Right. You know, so what do you do? Oh, you got to make yourself bulletproof. So when that happens, you can go, well, it could be worse. You know, I could I could have not eaten lunch. Right. You know, I mean, that's like, whoa. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a complete dick when I don't eat lunch. Oh, I get terrible. I, I you know, and, and you really have to level yourself out. Sure. Because you can go through these huge swings mm-hmm. and and no one likes you when you're too happy or too sad. It's true. And, and you got to be right in the middle. You, you have to be right in the middle. Stop right in the middle. Right in the middle. You got to be right on that red line. Exactly. Exactly. I, you know, I've, I've lost some friends in my life um, that don't talk to me anymore. I've had sure. to unfriend them on Facebook. I've, I've had people unfollow me, which is, it's pretty heartbreaking um, when, when that happens. But I found through countless hours of study and research and digging through my profiles that that has always been around times that I have been 
on one emotional extreme or another. Sure. There, there are a lot of people in Hollywood, especially at the, uh, at the higher levels of this business, that use life coaches mm-hmm. to unlock the next level of potential. You know, some people say uh, Lori Petty has used a life coach. Some people have said uh, Nell Carter has used a life mm-hmm. coach. Um, all sorts of, you know, talent have. Uh, who are some of the more famous clients of yours that have that have engaged you for your service? And I know that they probably don't want their name used, but between you and I, you know, who are some of the more famous people that have that have used your services? I mean, just between the two of us, of course. Um, man, I hate to admit this out loud right now. A Rod, really? He came to me personally, and he was like, "Look, I know I'm getting towards the end of my career." Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to finish strong. What should I do? And I was like, hey, man, first of all, you got to stay away from all of the outside stuff, right? It's got to come from within you. Right. But that's really important because things on the outside, whatever you're doing, whatever you're consuming, whatever that might be, mm-hmm. that can go away at any minute. So you have to have that resolve and fortitude within you. And then I said, hey, man, give me, you know, some money and we'll talk and sit down. So we did. And then I'd said, picture, when you're at the plate, Mm -hmm. you're getting ready to swing. Yeah. And that pitcher's sitting there and he winds back. Mm -hmm. What happens if you miss? Thousands of fans will boo you. So don't miss. Just hit the ball. You don't have to hit a home run every time, you know, which will make people excited. All you have to do is hit a single and that will save you from having 60,000 people boo you at one time. Make contact. Yeah. Right. And then when that happened, the home runs started coming. I mean, this last season, good, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, uh, I feel like I didn't, I didn't realize that you also worked in the, in the field of sports. So I'm like, I feel as though there's a lot of people that, <laughs> I mean, the entire L.A. Lakers could probably <laughs> use oh, your, they, your services right about now. They definitely need it. The thing is, you know, A-Rod has dated actresses and stuff. That's how I kind of st- steered that way. Most of the Lakers uh, that play here now are smarter Mm-hmm. Than that, they're in Los Angeles. They kind of know, hey, if I date an actress, it might be a little more volatile. Sure. So I, I definitely try to steer my clients away from dating the people that I want to be my clients. I know that sounds a little counterintuitive, but but it's really better all the way around. Sure, absolutely. So it sounds like you've been you've been very successful in the world of of life coaching, and especially it feels as though you've been a pioneer in realist life coaching. Of course. So I, I want you to uh, to take us back. All the way back to uh, before you, you were, there was even a glimmer of thought in your mind to becoming a life coach. Take us back to, to where you're from and what your parents were like. What, you know, what kind of home did you grow up in? And let's take us through that process to how you came to think, you know what, maybe I should be helping people. Yeah, no, I think it's uh, – I, I would like to share that because um, I, I – I like to tell my story because mm-hmm. it's full of, of happy moments. Sure. You know, there are very uh, a few negative things that, that come up, um, at least in my memory. Mm-hmm. Um, so the way I, I like to tell this story, I grew up in Missouri, mm-hmm. little town, O'Fallon, wonderful, boring. There's not really much you can do there. You have to travel. So uh, in, in order to get to St. Louis and, and enjoy the fun things to do there. Mm-hmm. So what's great about that is, you get to make up a lot of your own fun. Sure. So I, uh, that's why I started looking in the mirror, you know, because there wasn't that much else to do. I had to be my own entertainment. My parents didn't have a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't have cable. Uh, we, didn't, we didn't get to go to the movies very often. Sure. What did your parents do? Uh, well, my, my dad was, uh, he was unemployed a lot of the time. So we relied on my mother, who uh, was an office clerk and assistant. Um, which taught me a lot also about service and helping people. Um, my dad did bounce around a little bit here and there. He, uh, he actually also wrote a book, mm-hmm. um, not on self-help, um, mm-hmm. but he, uh, he, he was a writer. Maybe that's where I, where I got that actually um, was, was from him. Um, but my mother worked for, for a big office, and, uh, and, and so they came home. We had dinner every night mm-hmm. um, because we were there. And, and having dinner every night as a family – you have to prepare that meal. Sure. Much like we prepare our life. Right. Just we, like it. Right. So, which, which is a great time to settle down and slow down. Mm-hmm. I always encourage all of my clients to prepare a meal. Sure. Whatever you like. Um, 
And that's basically, I mean, that's kind of my family. And then as I got a little bit older, you know, we, we touched on that when I looked in the mirror when I was 11. But before that, when I was 8, 9, 10 years old, uh, you know, there were just good things after good things. I had my birthdays, loved those. Mm-hmm. Had the weekends, loved that. Um, no school. At school, there were some great things that happened there. I had about three friends that were my best friends that we always hung out. And uh, then I uh, – I uh, I don't usually like to talk about this, but I, I feel like this is a pretty safe space. Absolutely. Maybe I can get into it a little bit without uh, – this has been bottled for a while. But I uh, I had about four tacos at lunch one day when I was 10. And when you have a lot of beans and then you're sitting in a quiet class and – Miss Ruthen was teaching and it was everyone was bored. I farted a little bit, just a little, but everyone heard it. Mm-hmm. And my three best friends laughed harder than anyone. And uh, we weren't really friends anymore. Now, I think that was my decision mm-hmm. at that point because I said, I don't need you. I'm fine on my own. Right. And I don't want to have to talk about this ever again. Sure. Which is an important lesson. That's one of my tent poles. Um, if something makes you feel uncomfortable, run away from it. Right. And don't ever face it again because it might come up and you might feel bad. And you don't want to feel bad. You want to feel fine. Right. Don't even shoot for good or great. You just want to feel pretty fine. Yeah, which is better than feeling bad. So basically that traumatic experience right there of farting in front of the class and losing your friends, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, losing that that bedrock inspired you. That inspired me. To bury any and all trauma moving forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I can think about that now every once in a while. I don't like to dwell on it. but I But I can come up every once in a while because – I can see where I've come now because of not being friends with them anymore and burying that in the time. Sure. Now, were your parents uh, emotionally available, like, and open uh, at all? Or did they sort of set set the standard at home as far as being like, we don't show emotion? Or, you know, what was it it like? You know, since my mother was in the workplace and Mm -hmm. I didn't see her very much, I had to try to lean on my father. Now, I learned something very important from my father. Sure. We didn't talk much. He – he did drink. He liked beer. Mm-hmm. And another one of my tent poles is drink beer or whiskey or vodka, whatever you need. Basically drink. Drink. Because what that does for us is it helps us loosen up. Mm-hmm. When you start drinking, you forget about the bad things and you focus on having fun right now. So in a way, you could say my father was not there for me emotionally. Mm-hmm. But you could also say he was my greatest teacher because he taught me that lesson. The ability and to detach. The ability to detach. And like I said, we didn't have cable, so he wouldn't even watch TV. He would just drink and and sit on the couch. You know, he'd kind of sit there and stare. Or he'd get up and he'd walk outside and he'd drink and smoke a cigarette. Mm. And he'd just kind of, you know, stare off. So it was almost like a form of meditation. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. And he didn't try to do too much. Got you it. know, he, again, he didn't really... He didn't try to move us. You know, some families will move and try to get a better situation somewhere else. Sure. He didn't do that. He said, this is what we have. This is where we are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this, this, is what, this is what we're going to be. So instead of trying to change that, mm-hmm. let's figure out a way to make it work. Right. And he found a way to make it work for him. Okay. Okay, great. Um, so how old were you when, when you had this moment with your friends? I was 10 when I had the moment with my friends. Okay. So how long uh, – so from there you had your first, you know, sort of thoughts about that. But at a certain point, you you had to say to yourself, it's possible for me to help others with the same approach towards life. Correct. And did you start with like some of your your, your former friends or acquaintances and, and help them? Or, you know, did you play sports and help teammates? What, what was sort of the next step in that? It started uh, when I was in college. Actually, I, I went to college. So there and, was a big gap between that that moment and and 
and right. sort of the next step. Okay, it great. It took a long time to kind of uh, percolate. And, and here's the thing. It, it, it hurt my uh, self-confidence for a while. It mm-hmm. took me a long time to rebuild that. Like, you can go out and talk to people. And, and so it did – there was a kind of a long gesticulation period before – uh, gestation period, I guess, is what I was looking for. Not, no, no, that's, that's fine. Not, you can gesticulate a, at me. As not as a want. good um, motion. <laughs> um, but there was a good gestation period there before uh, one night we were at a party and uh, uh, this, you know, this kid opened a beer and was like, hey, I like to do that too, you know? And then he started to get upset and I said, whoa, 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 have another beer. Eventually after four or five we were out high five and we were screaming at the moon, you know, I mean, we were having a great time. Right. And that's when I realized mm-hmm. I have an ability and I can influence people mm-hmm. and I can really help people not be super depressed, but instead yell at the moon. Right. Yeah. Right. Excellent. So uh, where did you go to school or I'm sorry, college? College. I went to a <laughs> private uh, college in Missouri. Uh, it was just a little uh, private school called uh, – called Lindenwood University. Okay. And I was a mass comm major and which was wonderful. I was I didn't have a decided degree when I went there. Sure. But after this night, I realized mass communications right. because I can influence people. I can get my message out there. Exactly. <clears throat> exactly. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm quietly dying over here. Oh no. Um use that though. Like that's a moment. You know, that's a great natural moment that you can have right now. If you okay. if you feel like you're dying. Yeah. Hold on to that for a second. All right. Bury it. And now in this next moment, you know, I'm not dying, but I could have been. You feel a little bit better. I, I do. Yeah. I do. Yeah. That was, that was transformational. You're welcome. Thank you. First one's free. Nice. Excellent. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, I feel incredibly better. My, my voice is already coming through clear. Uh, that was amazing. Yeah. I mean, otherwise we would have had to stop and you'd have had to, you know, go get some water or something, but you don't even need that. No, I don't. You have everything you need inside you. <sighs> that's so great. I mean, this is, that's just a ringing endorsement for your services. I, I really appreciate it. So um, I, after you go to college, you graduate, what – do you just immediately go to Los Angeles, Los Angeles and be like, I want to focus on the people who need me most, no. fucked up actors and fucked up writers? You know, I actually didn't know right away. Um, You know, I think it seems obvious now, but at the time it didn't. I was actually in a pretty serious relationship. Okay. And uh, and and that was important for me to go through that Mm -hmm. because, you know, you have all these emotions when you start a relationship. You're like, oh, my goodness. You know, I feel so great and she's so beautiful and like we're going to be together forever and it's going to be wonderful. And, 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 you know, you could you could live in a place where you think that's always going to be that way, Mm -hmm. but it's not. People change. The world changes, you know. So you have to realize, hey, mountain peaks only have so much room. Right. You know, if you want to be at the top, that's great. But you can't stand there forever. It gets windy and there are storms and there's not really a firm place to put any ground. Right. And a relationship is something that, you know, has to have a solid foundation. So, you know, just like that, I realized this isn't going to happen. You know, I you could say that that one day I came home and saw her with a frat boy and you could say that I got really upset and you could say that I tried to fight him, but he was stronger than me and held me down until I started crying. But I don't choose to remember those things. I choose to think that I left the relationship because I could do better work other places. Right. You weren't getting your your needs met. Correct. Right. Correct. So. After that time, uh, then I decided to move uh, as far away as possible, which happened to be Los Angeles. We're right on the coast. Right. Bury those feelings that were associated with that that time. Create a new beginning. Exactly. Appreciate what you have. Exactly. Great. All right. So uh, you moved to Los Angeles. You – you where do you start getting your first clients? Tell, Tell me about that experience. Tell me about the story about your very first client? My very first client in Los Angeles happened to be a person that lived across the hall. Mm-hmm. Um, I lived in an apartment. It was a really terrible apartment, as most people start in Los Angeles. Valley and Village, North Hollywood? It was It was right, yeah, North Hollywood. North Hollywood, which is like the epicenter of, of theater in Los Angeles, I found out. Some people say it's Hollywood, but there's there's theater, the type of theater that I need with my clients and the type of people that need my help mm-hmm. right there in North Hollywood. Oh, yeah. 
So, so uh, the person that lived across the hall actually worked at one of these theaters. Mm. And uh, she was really struggling one day and she had, you know, she, like her purse and her bag and they're always carrying like 100 costumes with them, or, you know, because they don't know what they're going to be wearing for what they're doing. So she's carrying all the things and drops her headshots and kicks them all over the place. And I came out and, and happened to be in the hall at the same time with nothing in my hands. Right. And I said, hey, you have all this stuff. I have nothing in my hands. I could help you or you could go back in your apartment. You could set some of that stuff down and realize you don't need it all. Mm. Maybe what you need is a little less. I like it. It's very Eastern philosophy. It is a little bit. Uh, it, it kind of tends to lean that way, but it's not quite as passive. Sure. You know, I mean, there's there are some similarities, but I'm I choose to think that Eastern philosophy says, you know, you should use the good and use the bad. And mm. I tend to say. Don't be either. Right. You know, see it and stay away from it right in the middle of that red line. That's where you want to stop between the two. Got it. Got it. Okay. So we so we left some of her stuff behind uh -huh. um, that day. And she kind of said, whoa, I didn't think about it like that. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I never thought, hey, if somebody says bring your headshots and bring some costumes, I never thought, no, I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, Um and and through that, we became friends. Sure. And I I started going with her to that class and uh, not going into the class, but I'd sit outside and, and wait for her while she was finishing. Right. And then she had friends in there that would come out and I would say, hey, what's going on? You know, and they're like, oh, I don't know. You could see like the tear marks on their face because they were getting into some really heavy class stuff. Sure. And I'd say, you don't need to cry. You know, people think that acting, you have to feel emotions for that, mm -hmm. but that's really traumatizing for your life. You know, you're recalling things from your past and you're bringing things up to make you happy or sad. And that's really unhealthy for you. Oh, yeah. You, you don't want to remember that stuff because if that comes up, you don't know how to stop it. Absolutely. So that's it's like opening up a floodgate and exactly. just letting all this trauma wash over you. Like it's so true. It's so true. Like the Hoover Dam. Right. And, and then you drown, you know, and then you can't do anything after you've drowned. Once you drown, you're dead. Right. Dead so, in the water. Exactly. And you that's I mean, you don't want that. Your career's mm -hmm. dead. You're dead as a person. You're then you'll be dead inside. You don't want that stuff. Right. You want to keep that down. Tamp it down. Just right. And learn the other tricks. Mm -hmm. You know? You can you can pull a nose hair, make yourself cry a little bit. That's not an emotion. That's just a physical feeling. Mm -hmm. You can spritz some little stuff in your eye, mm -hmm. make it burn a little bit, you know? Yeah. That'll make you cry. Make sure. it red. So so I started helping all of these people as I saw them coming out just like in desperate need of please help me because I am feeling emotions. And I learned to help them and it all started from there. That's great. And plus yeah. you're giving them all these great acting tips to get them to where they need to go. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of the things I've, I've done in the past is I used to have a terrible problem breaking oh. in the middle of comedy scenes. Mm -hmm. I find people so fascinating and so interesting and so funny. You can't and, do that. Right. And it's just like the hallmarks of a shitty comedy actor. And I'm just like, all right, me and Horatio Sands. I love Horatio Sands. Shout out to Horatio. What's up, boy? Um, is I've started pulling out leg hairs in the middle of improv scenes through my pocket. That's good. Or pinching myself. So I'm just like, I'm in so much pain right now. That's excellent. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I've had to because my emotions keep coming up. See, you got to learn. You got to learn to just keep those down. Exactly. You know, it's like it's like uh, when I was a kid mm -hmm. in Missouri, they had these uh, Civil War reenactments. Okay. You know, I don't know if you've ever seen one uh, where they get everybody in their costumes of, you know, north or south and they all come out and they have these like fake muskets like just like, like the old ones like they mm -hmm. used to use and cannons. They did the whole thing. And as I was watching this happen one day, they take one shot. Right. And then they have to reload. So they take that next thing, that powder, that explosion. And in us, emotions are the powder. Mm -hmm. That's what causes the explosions. Happy or sad. It's an explosion. And then they take the long rod and they tamp it down mm -hmm. and they shove it and they smack it down there so hard that it can't fall out. Right. So as long as we never pull the trigger and light that fire, right. you're good to go. Just keep that gunpowder just lodged deep in your belly. Exactly. And I talk about that in, in my book about becoming bulletproof. Right. Um, is it ever possible in your experience to have too much gunpowder in that maybe accidentally – 
the warehouse of emotion accidentally sets itself on fire and there's a giant explosion. It's definitely a possibility, mm. which is why you have to be careful about doing anything that will will create those emotion packets, mm. right? Those gunpowder pockets. And more importantly than that, it's avoiding trigger people. Mm. Trigger so, people are literally those people that pull your trigger. You know, what starts the whole thing from happening. Sure. Stay away from those people. Don't try to ride these roller coasters. You know, some people think, oh, this is fun. But what happens when you ride a roller coaster? You get scared. Mm -hmm. You could vomit. Right. Might wet yourself a little bit. Yep. You lose your voice because you're screaming. Yeah. And then you end up right where you started. Yeah. That's terrible. Who, need, who needs to go through that? I'm, I'm just recalling. I, I went to, for my wife's birthday, we went to Knott's Berry Farm. Mm. You know, uh, Yes, a 46-year-old woman is just like, I really want to go to Knott's Berry Farm for my birthday. And I respect that. That's what we do every single year. It's and great. she was like, hey, let's let's ride the teacups. And I'm like, fuck yeah, I love the teacups. Yeah. You know, um, I'm into it. And so we got there and we started turning, right? Turning on the teacups. And I'm like, at first, this is fun. Mm -hmm. I'm, en mm -hmm. I'm enjoying it. And she's like, as we're turning, she's like, why are your eyes watering? And I'm like, I, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. She's like, are you going to vomit right now as we're turning the teacups? And I'm like, I, I just might, this is the first ride of the day. It's 940 in the morning. <laughs> and she's like, whatever you do, don't vomit, which only makes me want to vomit more. <laughs> that's what, what, that's great advice. Yeah. I mean, that was very nice of her to say not to vomit. Right. That's very supportive. As of opposed her, to like punching me like in the throat being right. like try not to vomit or, or just like, trying to hold it in you right know? i mean she could have literally like grabbed your mouth and held it closed right maybe choked your throat a little bit to like keep it actually in there right so it's very nice of her to i mean i think she's not a trigger person i mean i think that's good for you to have that in your life one would hope she is not my trigger person given the fact that i married her <laughs> right which i mean I would have probably advised against that. Honestly, if I would have met you before you were married, no, I would have of course. said top of the mountain, you can't build a foundation there. If you, you know, want a good place, you can't do that. Right. But I'm not going to tell you that now. It's in the past. We're going right. to bury that. We're going to bury that entire experience. And we'll keep it right here. Right. Yeah. Where? So you, you were saying, though, the teacups. Well, the teacups, it was just very much like, oh, man, uh, I don't want to vomit. I don't want to experience this. I learned that mm. I have boundaries. Yes. Um, that something as seemingly small and easy as the teacup ride has the potential to unlock past trauma. Yes. Yeah. You know? And I think what you can learn from this also mm -hmm. is it might be okay to get on the teacup, but don't spin it. What happened was right. – you know, life happens, right? Life sure. is the teacup. You get on right. and the teacup and the ride happens. Sure. But you or your wife took the wheel and started spinning it. Absolutely. Hands we set off. the ball in motion. Exactly. Keep the hands off. Let everything just ride how it's supposed to ride. Don't try to control it. Mm. I like that. I That's like where we get ourselves in trouble. You know, you think, you think, hey, we should do this thing. or And then that sets an expectation up for yourself. Sure. And you don't want that. You don't want, hey, this could be fun or this could be scary. You just want, uh, you know what? Whatever happens, happens. And then I'll bury that stuff down, keep it locked away, and I'm going to coast right on through. Have you uh, – have you? are you certif – do life coaches need certifications? Do you have them? You know, uh, there's no like life certification, life coach college. No governing uh, you board. You can't go to that. I think um, I think the University of Phoenix had that for a little while, but mm. I'm not sure that they're really um, allowed to do that anymore. Um, but I think it basically starts by willing yourself to have it. Mm -hmm. I have a certificate, you know, I, I can show you it's, it's at home. I don't have it with me here, but I went on Microsoft word mm -hmm. and I typed it up Great. and I said, I am certified to be a life coach and motivational speaker. And then I signed my name mm -hmm. and, and I put a border on it Yeah, and I hang that in, in my room, my office. You know, my room in my house is, is my office, but that's right. all I need because usually most of my work is on the street. Right. Because you, you gave yourself a degree, a certification right. Right. in realist life coaching. But we all do that, right? I mean, that is life. You want to you wanna certify yourself to live your life. Absolutely. You can, nobody else can tell you that. Sure. Nobody else can tell you, hey, you've made it. Mm -hmm. Congratulations. You're done. Unless you want to go into extreme debt through colleges and things like that, which you don't need for life experience. Sure. Have you considered 
licensing out or franchising your way of life coaching? I mean, did you have a guru that sort of uh, taught you the ways of this besides your parents? Um, Honestly, uh, most of everything I learned was right from myself. Okay. That eye contact in the mirror. And I, I have a long portion of my book that talks about that, you know, just looking in the mirror. Mm-hmm. I mean, Michael Jackson, yeah. very successful, right? I mean, absolutely. Best selling album of all time with Thriller. Mm-hmm. He spent a lot of time looking at the man in the mirror. He did. And he, he sang about it and let it out. So I guess that sort of influenced me also. Maybe that kind of was ringing in the back of my head and I didn't even necessarily realize it at the time. Right. But, you know, that between, you know, that song and, and, and my dad, what mm-hmm. I learned from him and the people around me, taking all that in and thinking about it while you look at yourself in the mirror, right in your eyes, it all will settle in. Got it. And eventually, once it stops bubbling, it'll start to settle down and then you can push it down. Got it. Okay. Well, we are rounding third here on the podcast, coming in, coming in hot into home. And we uh, we like to do we like to get to know our guests a little bit more. Like uh, as far as like, <clears throat> what are uh, what's your favorite musical artist that you listen to these days? My favorite musical artist. Oh man, there's so many good ones. Um, I mean, I just mentioned Michael Jackson. Of course, that's um, he's he's definitely up there. Um, I uh, I've been listening to a lot of. Uh, of a uh, slack string guitar, like Hawaiian style guitar. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, so I would definitely, you know, I don't, it's at Spotify, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you put the playlist in and it plays them. So I don't even remember the artist's names, right? But that stuff's great because it doesn't really go too many places. Sure. You know, it's not going to get too sad. It's mm-hmm. not going to get too excited. Sure. You can just let it mellow in the background. Mm-hmm. I tried listening to classical music. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I heard somebody say, Hey, this is great. Have you heard the emotion in that classical music? It's awful. I mean, yeah. you go on roller coasters like crazy. I try to go to the Hollywood Bowl, mm-hmm. listen to, to the symphony. Oh, my goodness. I mean, it's just like it's tugging you every which way. And you're like, I'm excited. I'm sad. And I don't – nobody wants that. Right. You know? So I try to stay away from most music. Sure. Um, uh, but there are there are a few things that are pretty level in the middle. Can you Can you enjoy television? At all or, or movies? Yeah. You know, I do. There are some that I really enjoy, um, especially movies, sure. um, as long as, as, you know, as long as I take them in context. Of course. Um, the Matrix. Okay. Wonderful. Um, I, I love that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll tell you why. Sure. Because he says – he, he, Neo asks, um, you know, are you saying I can dodge bullets? And he says, you don't need to. I mean that's – that's like my life, right? You don't mm-hmm. have to dodge bullets. You you can just avoid them completely. Sure. You know, if you don't go out where the bullets are, then you're fine. There's no need to dodge them. Exactly. Now, I, I did have a problem with, you know, he started chasing the agents and going out there and doing crazy things. And it's like, hey, man, all you had to do was sit behind your computer. Right. And you were cool. You just had to take one of these pills, but you chose not to. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I, that's definitely one of my favorites because of that one line. And the rest of the movie I kind of had a problem with, but it definitely helped. I mean, it's a pretty exciting uh, movie with lots of gunfire and fights and, you know, it, theoretical physics. So it's it's a little revving for sure. the engine. You know, yeah. you don't necessarily I don't like to be revved that much mm-hmm. because you never know where that trigger person's going to come from. Right. You know, that trigger person can be a movie. Sure. Or a TV show. For me, it's Jason Statham. Oh, of course. Yeah, I mean, know, like, yeah, yeah. He's a he's a trigger guy. Yeah, absolutely. Like anytime I see him in a movie, I'm just like I feel like I'm always watching the movie Crank. Yeah. I assume you can't watch that. No, not at all. I uh, I read the blurb about it, and it it, it I from that point you I probably saw the title, and you were just like, "Fuck it, I'm out." Uh, like, yeah, there was there was no way. Uh, the transporter. I tried to watch. Um, uh, once again, I was like, too the, much the close stakes? quarters combat. Oh my like, goodness, there's yeah. so much happening all the time. You know, I just right. I can't. I, it's not good for me as a person. Mm. And I would venture to say most movies probably aren't good for most people because they don't understand how to take that information and get rid of it. Right. They keep it with them. And all of a sudden, you know, they think, oh, my goodness, what if that happened to me? Right. You know, what if what if I only had what was it, 24 hours? Sure. In crank or something like something that. Something along those lines. Yeah, you know, what if I only had this 24 hours and then I was going to explode? I have to go do all of these things. You right. know, I mean, there was a popular movie a while back called The Bucket List. Right. Yes. Which kind of sounds like pretty boring, right? You're like, oh, mm. a list and a bucket. That mm-hmm. cannot be that exciting. 
No way. But it made a lot of people all of a sudden want to do all of these things before they got to the end of their lives. It became a pop culture thing where people reference it in everyday conversation now. And you don't want that. You don't you don't want to think about the end of your life. No, you don't want to think about because that might make you upset or I mean, who knows how it makes you feel. But but it doesn't keep you in the center. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I think that that even the boring sounding movies can give you a rise that you don't need. I would think that it kind of limits you to like shitty reality TV, you know, just as far as being able to just like not feel anything. Cooking and, shows ooh. are pretty good. Okay. Um, you know, for the most part. Barefoot Contessa. Barefoot Contessa is yeah. pretty good. Um, Don't tell Jeff. Giada. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is, is, she does a pretty good job. Yeah. Rachel Ray gets a little excited sometimes. She, her and her EVOO is just like. Uh, yeah, <laughs> too much. I yeah. tried. Uh, tried to watch that one. Um, I mean, I can't even buy. Uh, what does she endorse? Triscuits or Wheat Thins? Wheat yeah, Thins. Yeah, you see her on the I, box. I see her on the box and I get fired up. I'm yeah. just like, I, I can't even do that. And boxes are a tricky thing. You just mentioned boxes, but this is another hidden thing that can happen. Mm-hmm. You have this box, right? And you're so excited about that box, probably because of what's inside it. You know, right. you know, if you have like Cheez Its. Right. Right. Love Cheez Its. Right. Me too, which is why I had to avoid them. Right. You get really excited about those Cheez-Its and you want to open the tab on that box and you grab there and you slide it open, mm-hmm. paper cut. And now all of a sudden you've gone from super excited to super sad and hurt. You have to avoid the boxes. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, avoid the emotional reversals of boxes. Right, right. So like uh, the movie Seven wouldn't be a good one, right? You know, I, I, I didn't watch it. Um, okay. I don't like to count to seven. It's an odd number. Right. Um, I like to think of everything in even numbers because then you can get to the middle of it. Right. An odd number, you're going to land on something if you're in the middle. Right. You can't yeah. split the difference. I right. Like exactly. Got it. Wow. I feel like we learned uh, we learned a lot today. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm really excited to get to talk about this a little bit. And I think that, that there's a lot of information here that would probably be good for people. I also have a backlog of information that I I would love to share with people. Absolutely. So if, you know, if anybody's listening to this and needs some help or they Mm -hmm. want some advice, please feel free to reach out to me um, because I would, I would love to sit down and talk to you um, for a small fee, but you know, I can't work for free. Of course you Um, can't pay your rent in free. Exactly. No, I can't. And I would love to, um, I would love to pay my rent in uh, not smiles and not anger, but I I can't, you know, whatever that medium place of life is, is. Yeah. you know, my, my landlord doesn't like it when I am that. Right. So, uh, but I would So love, where, where can people find you? They can find me at Twitter. Okay. Like I said, I'm about to have the autobiography. It's, I'm, I'm really, really jazzed about that. So they can find me on Twitter. They can find me uh, on Facebook. Twitter, Twitter handle. That's uh bulletproof Kevin. Bulletproof Kevin. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but be- bulletproof Kev. Right, 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 and uh, and I like uh, Kev is is a little easier for people to remember than Kevin because right. there are like a million Kevins in the world, but Kev is a little bit better for yeah, people to kind of hold on to, right? right? And it's it's a little easier when people are in an emotional state to be like Kev. You're yeah. like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. cool, I'm, I'm good, I can handle. That's not like making you too upset, the right? Shorter syllables, the better. You're good, Zeke. It's great. Yeah. One syllable, boom, get it out there. Absolutely. When people yeah. try to add things or even shorten it, I'm just like, "You're this is dumb. This yeah. is, you know, like that's all. That's all you have." I they mean, they sometimes are like, "Hey, what's your real name?" I'm like, "No, I I had hippie parents. Like it was just Zeke. That's it. <laughs> like, Four letters. Exactly. No that's middle good. name. No gimmicks. You know, it's that's just you don't really don't have a middle name. I legitimately do not have a middle. Wow, name. that's amazing. That's good. Yeah, I my parents were very lazy. Like wow. they they just put zero effort into me. No, that's smart though because it's not giving you too much expectation at the beginning. You're like, no, this is just you. Don't yeah, I've, I've since given myself a bunch of uh, like middle names. Cool. Yeah, like uh, always reinvent yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I think I'm now currently Zeke Anthony Rodriguez Thomas Erickson. I like that. So that's like good. I pay I pay homage to the Catholic faith with Anthony. Mm-hmm. I pay uh, homage to the Brazilian side of my family with Rodriguez. They pronounce their R's like H's because they're dumb. And Thomas, my given middle name from the Welsh side, my dad's side of the family, and Erickson because, you know, I took my wife's name because why not? Yeah, great because you can. Exactly. You know, that's that's a that pretty option. bold move, yeah. you know, but that's that's good. I'm, I'm glad that you're willing to take some risks as long as you're also willing to limit because the biggest risk of all – is to limit everything. Mm-hmm. It's, a, Absolutely. it's a pretty big risk. And, and that sort of brings us to, to our last thing right here. We really wrap up with, with a little bit of advice. Mm-hmm. Um, 
to someone, what would you, what advice would you give to the kid who's growing up in a small town in Missouri who's getting ready to eat some tacos? I would say. And, and is thinking like, man, my life cannot get any smaller than this, but wants to reach that next level mm-hmm. and one day become the life coach yeah. that you are today. What advice do you have for them? I think I would just say, hey, listen, bud, emotions are like ghosts, mm-hmm. right? Or tipping. It's only real if you believe in it. And if you don't believe in it, then you don't have to do it. You don't have to let that be a part of you. So let go of those emotions. Don't believe in them. They're not real. Mm-hmm. All that's real is what's in front of you right now. Hide all the rest and you'll be fine. Kevin. Kev. Kev Hatman, everybody. Thank you for coming out and being on my podcast. This Absolutely. was really inspirational. Yeah. You really hit this one out of the park today. Cool. Thanks a lot, man. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much. So that was Kevin Hatman, Kevin Happy Man. And uh, this is Robert Mitchell, everybody. Hey, guys. Uh, <laughs> uh, Robert, how did you come up with this character? Tell us about it. Oh, man. Um, I think it basically came about because of everybody's kind of reaching for things, you know, and, and wanting something to hold on to. Mm-hmm. And so it's just a way to kind of I've, I've actually been reading a lot of of uh, self-help books and those kind of things because life is pretty tricky. Sure. A lot of times. Um, and it's hard to kind of get a grasp, especially in Los Angeles of, Hey, am I being successful or am I not? Because some days it really does look like you're super successful. And then 10 minutes later, you find out that everything you thought was going to happen is no longer happening. Yeah. So it, it's kind of this weird up and down thing. So it's kind of just a way to think about that and talk about that without getting too emotional about it. <laughs> Literally, I'm taking all of my emotion and energy and just sort of putting it into this character. Exactly. So I, you're really taking his advice. Yeah, a little bit, I guess. No, not on, not on purpose. Uh, no, I mean, it's definitely not good to hide it. But I think that's a lot of time, especially in comedy, you know, this it's the best way to deal with things is to kind of talk about the opposite or bring out the opposite of the what is good advice. Sure. And and play with it that way because just to make it see, show how ridiculous it kind of is. Uh, and it's funny you should mention that, too, because uh, so so Robert and I met – uh, at the LA Connection, doing mm-hmm. imp- improv. I don't know how many years ago oh, at this guess. point. Probably five, five or six, five or six years ago, I guess. Probably, yeah. Um, and one of the games that we've started playing in the live show that I do, uh, the Stranger Than Fiction show, is in the past couple of weeks we started playing Good Bad Worse Advice. Oh yeah, uh, which is like a classic, like sort of audience interactive improv game where you take a question from the audience and one person gives gr- good advice person gives bad advice and somebody gives, you know, the worst advice. And one of the hallmarks of that game is the person who's giving good advice needs to be so saccharine sweet and like fucking like over the top sweet. Otherwise, it does not set up the other people to do bad advice and then it doesn't push the person to do fucking terrible worst advice. Right. So like, I mean, it's it's funny that you should bring that up because we're just playing that right now and lately i've been playing the good advice guy because i get so much joy out of being the good advice guy this is is good well the other side of it too is there are there are so many people giving advice now everywhere you turn there's a blog about this or there's you know this comment on this and and in and what qualifies anybody to have any advice about any of that stuff? You know, right. no, no one's qualified. One of my favorite things is to like see people on Facebook or Instagram, like seeing 25 year old chicks who are just like, like creating their own quotes or inspirational advice, like about love and life. And I'm like, you haven't been on the planet at all. You have zero life experience. Why should I choose to be myself and follow my dreams? Yeah. Like, yeah. One of my favorite thing too, you see those like, you know, whatever people like that, that, that have this quote and it's coming from their profile, right? Whether sure. it's Facebook or Twitter or whatever, but then they feel the need to put quotation marks and then like put their name behind it. Oh, like, like they... a little like TM. They're like, this, this is mine. I actually made that one up, you know? Like, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like nothing else that you've ever posted has been yours. This no, is... you weren't the author of it. Yeah. Right. But it's just like, you should really go out there and fuck the haters and always follow your <laughs> dreams. Zeke Thomas. Like, <laughs> oh, well, shit. Now I'm going to go share this and create. <laughs> right, right. This is, yeah, the, the, the philosophy for everything. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing what a lot of it doesn't even make sense, right? There's this whole like pseudo psychology thing. People are like, um, 
three blades of grass means two clouds, one raindrop makes a flower. And you're like, wait, what? That, and you kind of think about it and you're like, oh, sure, that sounds great. It's poetry. And then you think about it and go, I don't know what any of it means. It's just you just said things. You yeah. Know? Putting saying words on a nature background does not make you an Instagram philosopher. <laughs> right, right. Or maybe it does. You know, what the fuck do I know? Yeah, like I I I, <laughs> I resigned to not knowing anything. That's probably a good place to, to yeah. stay. Um so what's this is the first time you've done this character, correct? I just want to point out that I didn't mean that's a good place for you to stay. I meant it's a good place for all of us. No, 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 no. Like <laughs> to stay. I just want no, to no, sure no, that. I got it. No, I'm gonna stay ignorant and dumb over here. Thanks, <laughs> like, Robert. Like, it's good for you. I don't know about Yeah, no. not not so much for me. I immediately uh, realized the way that sounded with people <laughs> that can't pick up on body language and while we're, you know, projecting over yeah, airwaves. Of course. Um well, I'm sorry. What did you ask? Uh, so where did this character come from? I mean, have you done this character before? No, this is the first time I've really, I've really played this character. Um, I mean, I think there are, you know, always things that kind of rattle around in the, in the back of your head, but it's been a little while since I've done improv. Mm-hmm. Um, work has kind of taken me away from that. Um, so the, but I had a lot of fun over the last couple of days kind of digging in and thinking about this type of person and, and where that philosophy is and where it comes from and, and getting to play around as somebody else for a little while. Sure, absolutely. Uh, what's next for this character? You do, do you want to take him into live shows? Or, or, oh man, you know? I, I kind of want to like start a Twitter account right now under him just to give out this like terrible realist life coach advice and start blogging. I don't think that's a terrible idea. Yeah. By the way, we 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 gave let's. Before you leave today, see if Bulletproof Cap is available. <laughs> yeah, I'll check it and then start um, that. Yeah, because one one of the guys who uh, who did the Terry uh, Guilford um, thing, he uh-huh. built he he built a website based off of something he dropped in the in the <laughs> and was just like, go to this website. There's a bunch of really good like tips on there about how to worship butts and stuff. <laughs> and so that night, he bought the website, did like a Squarespace or something like that, and he had like over 800 like unique viewers right then. Like That's within great. 24 hours of that podcast going up. And I was just like, maybe there is a little bit of reach to this thing. Yeah. You know? So uh, I don't know. It sounds like a really good idea to sort of mock life coach. Well, I think it'd be fun, too, because there's it's everything that we put up on our social media. People base their opinion of us on that. Right. So it's kind of it's almost hard sometimes to post things because you have to think about how is everyone going to view this and how is it going to come across? And are they seeing the real me? Is it going to change what they think? But if you're doing it as a character, that's exactly what you want. So you don't have to worry about, you know, grandparents seeing something or. No, you're doing it. Everything you do for that is super on brand. Yeah. Like, you know, one of the things I struggle with is I don't have like my Instagram and my Twitter is fucking all over the place. Uh Um, And so consequently, people don't like I'm just like, all right, there's pictures of kitty cats and there's pictures of my wife being an idiot. Like, (laughs) and then there's pictures of me surfing and me pictures on set. And like none of it has any unique theme like it's right. all just literally my life and i don't give a fuck which is awesome if you're you can do that if you're elijah dushku or zoe deschanel or something it's like this is us living life and this is us like, being hot oh. chicks in hollywood <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, like, awesome cool like yeah we get, but if you're especially if you're a couple of dudes it's a lot harder to get away with like this is me you know not mowing the lawn because i don't have a lawn <laughs> but you know this is me just hanging out in the patio right know? it's no, like no, all right cool I, listen i i don't take pictures of my abs i don't take pictures of all that shit like and people are making sizable incomes doing oh yeah yeah one of my cousins her husband is like a trainer and he takes pictures of him and his hot brazilian friends with their shirts off like after workouts and i'm just like he has like Sixty thousand Twitter, uh, I'm sorry, Instagram followers, and he makes money doing it. And I'm That's like, crazy. I'm a fucking idiot. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I don't have that as an option to me. I, uh, I, I could take a picture after a workout, but nobody, would, I would lose followers quickly. <laughs> Think about it. You know what? Do a social experiment. Start doing like a- average guy workout pictures, you know, and just be like, this is me after doing 40 minutes of cardio at 24 hour fitness. Like, Hashtag average guy. Yeah. Average guy workout. Dude. Yeah, I like that. That's uh, I like that. <laughs> Take all these wonderful ideas. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> when we do the follow up in three months, it'll be every everything else will have exploded. Yeah, That'll exactly, be like, and be like we're bulletproof, Kevin. And, bulletproof, uh, Kevin. Average, average guy workouts. Guy workout. <laughs> 
All right, Robert, thanks for coming out and doing the podcast, man. And uh, hopefully we'll do it again soon. Cool. Thanks for having me, man. Yep. This has been an Aussie Cobb Media production. Executive producers Noah Kinsey and Brian Nicholas. For more information, visit ozzycop.com. Thank you.